Welcome to episode two of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm with my co-host, Christian. Uh, today we're going to be talking a lot about movies. We're going to talk about changes that are com- might be coming to Netflix regarding commercials. We're going to be talking about movie pass. Christian has some thoughts on the movie Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, we're going to be talking about the changes to the Oscar categories. I will be giving my thoughts on a game I've been playing recently called Devious Dungeon, and we're going to play an Amazon review game at the end. But first, Christian, what are some of the changes that may be coming to Netflix in the future? Well, the main thing is that they've started testing promotional videos, which is what they're calling them. But most of their customers have started calling them commercials because that's essentially what they are. They're about 10 to 20 seconds, and they've started airing with some people between like episodes of different TV shows. Yeah, I've, I've seen some articles about here saying people of the sky aren't falling. This is just a test thing. It's not really commercial. But at the end of the day, it seems like even if it's just a test right now, they are warming the waters to give you commercials. Yeah, so they're kind of playing two games here. I've seen them saying, yes, it's just a pilot program. Don't panic. You know, we're just testing the waters. But at the same time, other spokespeople for Netflix have also said that they've been talking about doing this for a few years now, and it's been in the works for a few years trying to figure out the right way to do it. So it can't really just be something they're testing out and they're going to see if it works if they've had their eye on this for a few years. I think they're pretty determined. You know, and Netflix can wrap it how they want. It's going to be promos for their own shows. That's still a commercial. One of the big things that has annoyed me about Netflix that they've changed is that they autoplay previews when I'm trying to search for movies. And I just don't like it. And I think this is just the next step. They're trying to shove content your way where if you're watching it, you might continue watching it. Yeah, so that is the way they're trying to wrap it, is that it's it's tailored specifically to you the same way that the suggestions and like the regular menus are tailored to you, but it's a little more invasive than that. And they're trying to say that they're not really advertisements because they're not for other products, and they're not selling anything, they're just trying to drive you to something that they think you'll like. But all the same, people aren't really having it. And I I guess to be fair, we should say you're supposed to be able to skip these, I believe, but it's still an extra nuisance. And I don't know if have you used Hulu very much in the past couple of years? I haven't, mostly because of the commercials. Yeah, so I have Hulu because I like keeping up with weekly shows and I don't have cable. And I like being able to watch the shows when I want to on when I'm eating dinner or something like that. So that way I don't have to set a time slot for it. And they do have commercials. And I will say they're not nearly as long as when you watch on TV. They might have a 90-second commercial. Sometimes they'll have a 120-second commercial. But when I first started Hulu, the commercials were 15 seconds long. So they've progressively gotten longer. And I mean, I think that's inevitably what Netflix is going to do is they start with this. They take a little bit. Maybe they make it so it's not skippable next time. Next time, maybe they make them longer. I don't know. I just think it's... And maybe that is a slippery slope argument for it, but I just don't see it ending with this. I think it's they're seeing how far they can go. Yeah, I agree with that. And now you you can tell me whether or not this has changed. I used to use Hulu back when it was completely free, and there I think there may still be a free version, but it was three or four commercials per episode of something, and I would run into times where they would all be the same. It would just be the same commercial four times. And it would drive me crazy. Yes, Hulu is still like that. 
I watch Hulu much more during when new episodes are coming out. So I haven't watched it much since May. So my memory may be a little fuzzy, but I think you see roughly the same rotation of six commercials. I know a few years ago, I don't know if they do targeted ads or something like that, but I would see the same commercial every time. Hulu does have a pricing bracket where you don't get any commercials, which is four extra dollars a month. I, I don't think it's but, worth it. And I would agree with that. And then you can sort of juxtapose that to Amazon Prime, which while they don't have commercials yet, they have ads all over if you have an Amazon Fire Stick or things like that, where it's more you see stuff, you're not actually having to watch ads. Yeah, they've got like the banner ads. I know what you're talking about all over the place. If you had to choose one, because it seems like ads are infiltrating everything now. I mean, they're in YouTube videos. You got AdSense for websites. What ad do you prefer to interact with as a consumer? That's tough. <laughs> Ideally, none of them, but I know that's not realistic. I honestly think if I'm paying for a service, I shouldn't have to interact with ads at all. If I'm getting a service for free, then ads are just part of the deal. I'm more aligned with Netflix in that I pay for Netflix. They get their revenue from me. They shouldn't need an ad service to get revenue from elsewhere. I, I agree with you. I think Netflix will probably be the least obtrusive because it seems like you can skip it and it's not even like YouTube where you have to wait 5 or 15 seconds. It seems like hopefully you're able to skip it right away. Speaking of movies, Christian, last week uh, MoviePass made big alterations to how their business model works. For anyone listening who doesn't know what MoviePass was, in its heyday, MoviePass was a subscription service where you paid $10 a month and you could see one movie a day every day of, that you had the subscription. It was a really good deal for consumers, I think. I used it. I bought a year-long subscription, which ended up biting me in the butt in the long run. But they've been undergoing a lot of changes because it was an unsustainable model since about April. What, what news have you been hearing about this, Christian? Yeah, now MoviePass was unsustainable. It was always too good to be true. So people got in while the getting was good, and then they, I guess they can't be too upset now that it's all starting to fall apart around them. But what MoviePass announced uh, on Thursday is that they are, instead of upping their prices from $10 a month to $15 a month, they're going to put together a daily curated list of about seven movies that you'll be able to see that day. And that's just what's going to be available. You'll have to take it or leave it. So I actually have experience with this. In the past month, MoviePass has been horrible. I haven't been able to watch a movie because they were not clear on what was going on. I would check movie times at 9 a.m. before theaters were open, and it was telling me that I could not see a movie. Or randomly, I would be able to see one or two movies. I had no idea. It was complete chaos. So I do at least appreciate... At this point, they are listing some movies because I can see them, but it's still ridiculous of what I paid for back in March versus what I'm getting now is I can essentially see two movies at my theater a day on a rotating basis. <laughs> and I'm trying to just milk the rest of the movie pass that I can at this point. Yeah, so they put out a tweet on Thursday, the 16th, that said that their program was now going to be three movies for nine ninety nine a month. And that's a far cry from one a day, whatever movies you want, down, down to three a month. And it has to be these six that we tell you you're allowed to watch. Let me go through the list of the available movies to see for this week. On Monday, today, August 20th, you can see Mile 22, The Meg, 
Miseducation of Cameron Post, We the Animals, Skate Kitchen, Juliet Naked, and Summer of 84. Tuesday, you can see five of the same movies, which is Misdirection of Cameron Post through Summer of 84. Mile 22 is still available to see, and you can see Crazy Rich Asians. Wednesday, essentially, it's just the same. You get Miseducation of uh, Cameron Post through Summer of 84, but you can see the Megan Alpha again. And that's pretty much how it goes. They only allow the same five movies and then they alternate the last two. And if your theater is like mine, they don't play those movies here. So I can only see two of these movies on an alternating basis, which is really disappointing because right now they're uh, black Klansman's out. And I really wanted to see that, but it doesn't look like I want to be able to see that this week at all. Yeah. So that's the point that I was actually going to bring up was I, I also looked at the list for today and it's it's exactly the same with my theater. The the five movies that they show all week long, I hadn't even heard of them. And I work at a movie theater. These movies are never going to come to a market like this. So this might be a good deal for somebody that lives in one of the bigger cities or one of the bigger markets that gets these smaller movies. But it's it's just like you said, people in my area are only going to be able to watch two movies on this list. And I will say the one thing to MoviePass, if I'm not mistaken, if your theater does have e-ticketing, all movies are still available. But I don't live near an e-ticket movie theater. I think they're only in big cities. I mean, maybe that is a large portion of their subscribers. I don't know. But for me, it's useless. It's At this point, I'm trying to just see a few movies here and there just to justify me paying the yearly, uh, the annual fee for MoviePass at this point. Yeah, that, that's correct. The, the e-ticketing theaters do still have everything available, but the last time I checked, which was about two weeks ago, there are only 220 e-ticketing theaters nationwide, which is about 3% of the theaters in the United States. So I know that MoviePass has spawned some competitors, uh, AMC being the biggest one. I, I follow the MoviePass subreddit quite closely just because I was trying to see what was happening with it. And a lot of people seem to defect into that. But again, we don't. I don't have an AMC in my area. I don't believe you do either. So it's not like we really have an option other than what's given to us or you go back to the old way to watch movies, which is what I'm going to just have to get used to again. Now, their, their parent company has taken quite a hit, too. The Helios and Matheson is their parent company. They acquired MoviePass back in August of 2017. So they've had them for about a year. Their stock prices shot up in October. And at their peak, they were trading at over $8,000 a share. And today they're trading at three cents. Oh my gosh. It's if you got, if people listening who don't know, and was it the end of June? They entirely ran out of money. It stopped working. They had to buy, borrow 5 million in emergency funds to just even stay afloat because they are just sinking. And I don't think it's a question if, I think it's a question of when they just go under. I know this is getting out of how they've changed, but that have just annoyed people is they've been double billing people for movie pass for the month. They've been billing people who've canceled their subscriptions. I mean, it just seems really shady at this point. And it's unfortunate because this is ripe for a class action lawsuit, except that movie pass has no money to go after. Yeah. I had been reading about that as well. And the, just the customers that have been coming into our theater have been expressing so much frustration over just the lack of communication between the, the company and the customers Back when they ran out of money a month and a half ago, they kept claiming that it was a, a tech problem. It was just a computer glitch and they'd have it fixed soon. And then the truth came out that they had to take that $5 million loan. And so they keep trying to 
delay the inevitable, I think, by trying to weasel out of admitting that anything's wrong because they're afraid that they're going to lose their customer base. But it seems to me, just based on the number of movie passes I've seen at work lately, they've already lost a huge chunk of their customer base. Yeah, I, I believe they have. And what's unfortunate for me, I know this doesn't apply to you as much, but MoviePass did alter the way I see movies. I will generally only go see the big blockbusters during the summer and then, you know, your Star Wars or your Marvel movies throughout the years. But with MoviePass, I was going to a lot of things I normally wouldn't see in the theaters, such as I saw Super Troopers 2. I saw, I think it was called Gringo, was the one that Amazon produced. And I liked them, and I normally wouldn't go to see those movies, especially because I could go on a Monday or a Wednesday or something after work when I had nothing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was the idea, the original idea behind the heart of what MoviePass was, was to get people going back to theaters to see things that maybe they would not have seen if they had to pay. God knows how much it is in the cities anymore. At my theater, it's a little over $9. So last week, Crazy Rich Asians was released, and I know you had some thoughts on this, Christian, but just giving our listeners some background if they don't know what it was. It's a movie starring predominantly uh, people of Asian heritage based off the novel by Kevin Kwan from 2013, which actually has two sequels. So if this does well, which it's all indications right now is it will do well, it might get some sequels. Uh, what were your thoughts on this movie? This was a funny movie. I watched it last night. And I loved it. It was directed by John Chu, who has directed several movies. A lot of them have been sequels, though. He directed uh, the second and third Step Up movies. He directed G.I. Joe 2, and now You See Me 2. And he's supposed to be directing in 2020 the adaptation of the musical In the Heights, which I'm incredibly excited about, but that's neither here nor there. The cast was, like you said, predominantly Asian-American. It was... Fantastic. It was really good. Ken Jeong from the Hangover movies and uh, Aquafina, who was just in Ocean's 8, they completely stole the show. They were hysterical. And uh, Michelle Yeoh is fantastic as the mother. Everybody seemed to really enjoy it. All the reviews I heard coming out of it were very good, both online and in person. The Rotten Tomatoes score is up at 93%, which is great. And it is the number one movie in the country right now. It made 35, just shy of 35 and a half million dollars since it came out last Wednesday. And it made 25 million dollars just over the weekend. The big thing I keep seeing about this movie is a lot of the stories that came out this year are about Hollywood whitewashing uh, people of color's chances in movies. The most recent one that I can think of off the top of my head was Scarlett Johansson being chosen as a major Kusanagi for ghost in the shell i'm sure something else has happened since then but something else happened actually with scarlett johansson since then she was cast originally to play a trans character in a real life story and then had to back out what are your thoughts on cultural (laughs) representation in hollywood movies i think it's been pretty rough but i think we're starting to move in a more appropriate direction with the oscars so white campaign a few years ago really started to call real attention to the idea that Not all cultures have been represented equally, or some hardly at all. And so this year alone, we've, like you've said, we've seen a a large shift towards a more inclusive movie theater experience. Black Panther back in February was the largest movie of the year. It is actually one of the largest movies of all time. It comes in number third, highest grossing movie of all time. 
now Crazy Rich Asians for Asian Americans. And earlier this year, we had Love, Simon, which was geared more towards LGBTQ people. It's been a nice push in the right direction. There's still obviously a lot of room for improvement, but I think there has been some movement in the right direction. If Crazy Rich Asian stays uh, being a box office powerhouse like we think it will be, uh, what do you think the inclusion of people of color or different sexual orientations will be? Do you think it'll keep increasing or do you think there'll be some backlash to it? No, I think it'll keep increasing. I think if Hollywood starts to see that these movies are starting to represent people that weren't there and the people who are being represented want to go see movies that they're represented in, they're going to start making money. And if Hollywood sees dollar signs, they're going to chase them as far as they can go. For example, Crazy Rich Asians is a PG-13 romantic comedy, and it's the highest grossing romantic comedy since Think Like a Man back in 2012, which outperformed it by about $7 million on opening weekend, and that had a predominantly African-American cast. And so the, the closest thing to get to it was another romantic comedy that was a predominantly minority cast. So I think people are starting to see that these movies are going to be successful. There are stories that come from these cultures that should be told that can't be told by any other cultures. And some of them are going to be sad and some of them are going to be amazing. And my biggest complaint to people who complain about inclusion in this is, you know, it's not exclusive. You can still have the story you want told. It's just including more people in telling stories. It doesn't have to be an us or them mentality. You can have as many stories as you want. If it's a good story, it should get backing. Absolutely. I think the last thing I want to say on this is, as it ties into Crazy Rich Asians, the song that plays at the very end of the movie is Yellow by Coldplay. It's been redone by an Asian woman named Catherine Ho, and it's a very, very good version. It's something that sticks out in your memory right away as I recognize this, but it's not in English, so I don't immediately recognize it, and it keeps you listening. But the director actually reached out to Coldplay personally to try to get the rights to the song to use in this, because he tells a story about when he was younger and he heard the song Yellow. And Yellow is obviously used as a derogatory term for Asian people, but he said it really reshaped the way he thought about the word and how it presents the color as being great and glowing and wonderful. And so he wanted to use it in the movie to try and own it and take it from derogatory to celebratory. And I think it really worked. It was, it was a really great song to close out the, the movie. That's a really cool story. So normally Crazy Rich Asians wouldn't be considered for an Oscar just because of how the Oscars are set up, but they are introducing a new category next year. What is that category? It's Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film. How do you think they're going to define popular film? That's the question right now they've announced this category they haven't announced any of the criteria for it there's a lot of discussion about whether or not it may just be a de facto award for the movie that made the most money this year which as i said earlier would be black panther at 700 million dollars yeah when i hear this i'm just thinking that everyone always complains because marvel movies don't ever get uh, nominated for oscars and people seem to really love marvel movies and the same with star wars or Jurassic World, or even the Fast and Furious franchise, which is surprisingly huge. Huge fan of it, but it's still surprising me that that's one of the largest Hollywood franchises. 
Yeah, so I have this discussion with people a lot about the difference between a good movie and a fun movie, and the idea that I go to the Marvel movies because they're fun, but I wouldn't really necessarily qualify them as being good pieces of art. I enjoy them, and I go, and I have a great time, but they aren't something that really sticks with me or makes me... They don't fit in with movies like Casablanca or with To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, and that's that's why... That's the feeling I get for a lot of Marvel movies because there have been so many released now. A lot of them are just, you know, they're good. They're fun movies to go watch. And any of them that actually try to put some sort of message on top of that, you know, they get praised to high heavens. For example, Winter Soldier is one of my favorite Marvel movies, and that's because it's essentially a Jason Bourne movie, and you're talking about security and things like that, but it doesn't even go into the depth of it as other movies could go into it. It's just introducing a top layer discussion onto a Marvel movie. Yeah. And there's a discussion on whether or not that it succeeds in that, but that was one that you do walk away from thinking, where is the line between freedom and security as much as that we i at least i really like the marvel movies and from my understanding i think you like them as well they're not generally what you would consider the best movie of the year oh absolutely i i live and die with the marvel movies there i i tell people that they're my star wars i can't wait i'm gonna be in a theater for whichever marvel movie 15 years down the road i'm gonna be excited about it but yeah they don't have the same weight that classics would hold the, the discussion I've seen on the internet has been about a concern that they're trying to shoehorn the outstanding achievement in popular film to get out of nominating basically a Marvel movie, nominating Black Panther for Best Picture because it doesn't really fit with the way that the Oscars have kind of always gone. But as the third highest grossing movie of all time, the only movies that beat it were Force Awakens and Avatar. Obviously, it really struck a chord with people it's not just the highest grossing movie this year but it's it's in the top three all time and like we discussed earlier there was that issue of representation and the african-american community really really turned out for it they thought it was a very important movie for them so i think it would deserve at least consideration for the best picture oscar and now whether or not it's actually going to get that consideration you know that is curious that this is a year that it gets introduced. I wonder if they've been thinking about this for years or was this somewhat of a knee jerk reaction to the black Panther? Yeah. The only real thing we can do is wait and see what the criteria is going to be. Yeah. If you could nominate one movie for this, what would you nominate for a uh, best outstanding popular movie? Probably infinity war. I think I would do Deadpool too, <laughs> but that's, I, I mentioned be blinded by how much I like that movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I guess we'd have to see the criteria. Infinity War was really good, though. Yeah, I mean, I left Infinity War with chills. It, it blew me away. But, oh, man, Deadpool 2 was also great. By the way, the fifth highest grossing movie of the year. All right, moving on to our games portion this week. I am in the process of getting the platinum for Devious Dungeon on the PlayStation 4. Now, Devious Dungeon is a game by uh, Wobbly Wear Oi, Ravenous Games Incorporated, and Reta Laika Games SL. I'm a little bit unclear whether Wobbly Wear Oi or Ravenous Games Inc. actually created the game because they both take credit for it. One may be a publisher, but Reta Laika Games ported it. 
So Devious Dungeon was actually originally a mobile game, which once you play it, it makes a lot of sense how it set up that this was originally a mobile game. It costs $7.99 on the PlayStation Store, and when you buy it, you get cross-buy with both the PlayStation 4 and the PS Vita. Now, I actually platinumed this on the PS Vita about two months ago, but I got it on sale at $2.99, which I thought was a steal. At $7.99, I might avoid this game. But Devious Dungeon is a roguelike dungeon crawler you know it has pixel graphics that were meant from a phone and they ported it up a very simple combat you go through a level collect the key and open a door you kill enemies and you smash pots and you collect gold you get some minor quests that are destroy so many pots kill so many types of enemies and then you get more gold and you buy equipment and you're essentially just leveling up and you go through 65 levels fighting five different bosses the levels are procedurally generated, so they're they're different every time, but with limits. They're not the most robust procedurally generated levels. Uh, it's a 2D. Overall, it, it wasn't bad. At $7.99, I really can't suggest the game, though. Uh, if you find it on sale for one of the PlayStation Network sales, I wholeheartedly think you should make, you should try it out if you're a Platinum Trophy Hunter. The Platinum is not very hard, and to get it on both the Vita and the PS4 took me about a total of 12 hours. You more or less get everything by beating the game, and then if you have trouble with the game, you might die a lot. The hardest trophy is probably dying 25 times. I think in my first run-through, I died like six times, so I just had to go through and keep dying to get the last one. Overall rating for this game, I'd probably give it a C. It's just... It's clearly a mobile game that they ported. Sounds like it's the exact opposite of the game from last week, where you, your whole goal is to die over and over and over. Yeah, again. no, it is. This one's to clear the dungeon. <laughs> if you like rogue, rogue light, yeah, then check it out. But again, not not one of the best games. It's it's a totally average game. All right, and this week we're going to be trying out a new final segment. For this, it's going to be. Uh, five, a five-star review game where I am going to read a five-star review of some form of media that I know Christian has consumed, and he's going to try and guess what it is based on these reviews. So the goal is to get it in as few reviews as possible. All right, are you ready? Bring it on. Bring it on. Five-star review from Girl Next Door. Just watch it. It's like getting your teeth drilled slowly with a dull spoon and there's thrusting old man butt that you'll wish you didn't see and you'll find yourself randomly shouting, oh God, please no. Why are we watching this? Why are we still watching this? This doesn't make sense. Please God, make it stop. But it's kind of like childbirth with pain meds. You go into it. Sure you can do it. You've got this. You're prepared. Halfway through, you're wondering what the heck you were thinking and why anyone let you do this to yourself. By the end, you're praying for the sweet release of death. Then it's all good and smiles. You made it. And it like climbing Everest without oxygen. It's something no one can take away from you because you are strong. And you know, now know that no home is complete without frame photos of spoons. You had me at thrusting old man butt. The Room, one of the best movies ever made. Oh my gosh. See, I've never seen that. I'm amazed. I thought that seemed very generic, but you crushed it, man. It was The Room. Oh man, if you have never seen The Room, it is exactly like that person described. <laughs> I have listened to the How Did This Get Made podcast on it, and I really want to see it. If you ever get a chance, you should go on Amazon's five star reviews to read some of these because they're amazing. 
I can only imagine. Well, man, you crushed that one. <laughs> I've seen the room like eight or nine times. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's pretty much our show for this week. Thanks for uh, checking us out. Do you have anything that you're going to be checking out this week? Yeah, at some point this week, I'm going to go watch Alpha. It is a movie about basically the first boy and his dog. It takes place in 20,000 BC or thereabouts, about the, the first dog that was tamed and domesticated. And it's n- not in English. It's all subtitled. From what I've heard, outstanding. We've had a lot of people come out of the theater telling us that it's one of the best movies they've ever seen. What about you? What are you planning on getting into this week? I think three things that is my goal to check out this week. I want to go to the movies because I haven't been in a while. I either want to see Ant-Man if my theater's still playing it or uh, Mission Impossible Fallout or Black Klansman. Uh, so hopefully I can see one of those this week. The other one is Mac Reining's new cartoon, Disenchanted, uh, debuted on Netflix, I think on August 17th. I've only seen two episodes so far. There's 10 total episodes. I plan on finishing that. And finally, I'm going to try and finish Need for Speed. I bought it a couple weeks ago when it was on sale for $5. It's the 2016 version of the game on the PlayStation 4. Uh, I'm about halfway through it right now, so I'm hoping to finish up and platinum that. I'd forgotten about Disenchanted. I'm definitely going to be looking into that this week as well. All right, guys, that's your show. Thanks for checking us out. Christian, is there anything you'd like to plug? Nothing comes to mind. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we're at Gambots Network. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.